True Detective Season 2 is over. It's over. It's finished. No more. No moss. Never mind. True Detective Season 2 in the books. And this is Post Show Recaps' coverage of True Detective Season 2, Episode 8, titled Omega Station, which sounds like the final stage in like a Final Fantasy video game. And that's probably, in my opinion, probably a better outcome than what we got here in True Detective. But that's neither here nor there quite yet. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wigler. I'm joined here by some great people today. I'm joined here by a man who looks so sharp in the white suit with the red rose, Jeremiah Panhorse. Jeremiah, looking suave today. Thank you. I was hoping you would recognize me with this white uh, suit on with red rose. Well, you never put in effort into your appearance, which is something that I've meant to bring up with you every once in a while. And today you're looking real good. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Looking quite sharp, looking dapper, looking dapper. I'm just kidding. You always look so good. Well, I try. Uh, but I neither of us, neither of us look as good as this next guy, although Ooh. this finale just shot him to pieces. It's Antonio Mazzaro. Oh my gosh, I'm looking up at this beautiful tree cover. What do I see? This is unbelievable. Is this the end? Is this, this is the, the end, end, beautiful friends? The end? This is how it ends for you. Now, Antonio, uh, this is actually really interesting, everybody. Uh, Antonio couldn't join us live tonight, so he pre-recorded all of his content for tonight's Post Show Recaps podcast. And I was a little worried that it wasn't going to upload, but I guess it worked out. <laughs> 17. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. And you're really talented at predicting like everything that we were going to be saying to you. Yeah, it's weird because I didn't think San Francisco was going to tie in at all, and then it did. Um, I think that he's responding to a different part of the podcast, Jeremiah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I, I definitely am. Yeah. That's it. That's all we've got. That's it. That's the show, folks. <laughs> Game over. Best podcast no. ever. No, no, no. We will keep going as we have all season long here on the Post Show Recaps coverage of True Detective Season 2. This is the finale. We've been covering it all season long. If for some reason you're just stumbling in for the first time here, welcome aboard. Sometimes we podcast about friends by accident. It's a really weird time here on the True Detective Season 2 podcast. If you haven't listened to what we've done, you can go check that out in the archives. PostShowRecaps.com slash True Detective iTunes. Today we're going to be talking about the finale. Season 2 wrapped up as of this recording. That was on August 9. It is August 10 at night as we are recording this podcast. We have lots of thoughts, I am sure, on this final episode of True Detective Season 2. I think... Let me just put this out there. I would say if you are somebody who loved the True Detective finale, that's awesome. That's great. I I would love to live in your world. I think your world sounds like a lovely place. I think you might hear from some people who weren't thrilled about last night's True Detective finale. So if you didn't, if you're not down for that, maybe just consider last week's episode, the finale of the True Detective podcast. I yeah. think that's probably probably the safer course of action. Though we will be fair, we will be just, we will be harsh, we will be fair. There are things that I enjoyed, some things, lots of things that I did not care for. I think that the consensus coming out of the finale, just reading a lot of the coverage today. Seems to be pretty thumbs down across the board, though I know that there are people who were satisfied. So if you are one of the people who were satisfied by it, I say good on you, thumbs up to you, you enjoy life, and that's fantastic. And now we will be curmudgeons, and we will, uh, we will proceed to stab this finale in the back in the middle of the desert. How about that? How does that sound? Yeah, well, in some cases when you stab somebody in the back, it's because they're trying to protect diamonds that they had in their pocket. But I don't think this finale had any diamonds in its pocket. Yo, uh, sick burn. Burn. R-E-K-T. Sick burn. All right, well, let's start digging into this. I'm going to start with you, Jeremiah. What did you think about the season two finale overall? What's your overall take? I know that it wasn't your favorite, but there are things that you enjoyed about this. 
Yeah, I mean, there certainly was some things I enjoyed about it. I mean, it certainly there was definitely some entertaining points. I mean, I I'm always up for a good shootout, even if it's multiple shootouts. Um, definitely always good for that. I, I thought the scene with I think I thought Frank's scene death scene wasn't too bad. I thought that was uh, pretty entertaining. I kind of like the way they did it. I mean, it's certainly visually I thought it was beautiful. The entire uh, season I thought was beautiful. So we obviously don't agree. I think that we all agree that that nef- definitely was not a, one of the things that's wrong with season two of De- True Detective. Uh, the tone of it's not is something I'd really have no problem with it. But just overall, though, there was a lot of issues with the episode. A lot of things that people have been bringing up, I can't tend, tend to argue with them at all. Uh, there was definitely lots of holes, shall we say, in it. But it, it wasn't the worst thing I've it's seen, Josh. a lot Josh. of holes I mean, in Ray Velcora. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. But it wasn't the worst season finale I've ever seen. I mean, come on, we we still have the season finale uh, or a series finale of Alf, Alf to argue about. I mean, is that, that the that worst thing one? Terrible. Oh my God. We still don't know what happened. A, I was never an Alf guy, so I don't know how well, it ended. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but the ending of that was just terrible. All right. I'm going to look up the spoilers <laughs> after this, but I won't, I won't subject it. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to spoil anybody has not seen the final episode of Alf because it's very depressing. So this wasn't Alf levels of awful for you. <laughs> no, I, it, it, awful. it was awful. <laughs> Alpha waffle. It was just, oh man. I, I mean, I don't want to. We're going to get into all the things that we didn't of like. I'm sure, yes, but yeah, it it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. But yeah, it was certainly was not uh, a shining moment in the True Detective uh, arsenal, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Antonio, are you an Alpha fan? I kill me. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Alf. Willie, okay. I want to eat your cat. So, what are what are well, your feel- pretty good, Antonio? <laughs> what are your feelings on the Alf series finale? Uh, I don't think the series finale of Alf was intended to be the series finale of Alf. I think it no, was it a uh, it was an unintentional series finale, which to me bails it out because this was intended to be the season finale of True Detective season two, and because the way this show is made, this is the series finale of True Detective this season. Like these are the last time this is the last time we're spending with Ray Velcoro or any Be- any Bezzarides or Frank or any of the characters. Wait, 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 wait. So just before we get any further, let me just I want to be clear on something. You're not gonna give me any Alf foreplay here right now. You're getting straight into the meat of the matter. Yeah, I mean <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, people from Melmac, they're really not into foreplay. Ah, uh, no. Is that an Alf reference? It is. That's where I Alf don't know, is from. I don't know that. He looked uh, through the window of the Akmonic's house next door and saw some of that sometimes, but he wasn't really. That's not for Alf. Alf is not this, that kind of guy. This is no. a big blind spot for me. I'm not an Alf guy. How is that possible? I don't know. I just Alf never happened for me. <laughs> Try, stop now trying I'm, to make Alf happen, Jeff. Now I'm feeling really weird. I mean, I, I liked Alf as a character and as like a, as a visual, I thought he was great. We listen. Alf got his own late night talk show at one point. That's how beloved Alf was. So let's <laughs> not was, forget that. Let's not forget <laughs> that he ate big. stomachs. Mm. Eight stomachs. He, oh, I thought he eats stomachs, or he, he has he, eight he, stomachs. He, he has eight different stomachs, and he eats cats. Yeah. Well, people now from Melmac like cats. Well, he eats a lot Cuban. of things, but cats his favorite. All right. Yeah. Let's. Yeah, we're not talking about Alf Detective. Let's talk. How would Alf Detective be? Alfred True Detective season three. But he has to wear a Sherlock Holmes hat for sure. Okay, like oh, a hunter's right, well. huntsman cap or whatever it's yeah. called. Get him this a pipe. It's just a little bit of an Alf warm up because I know Antonio probably of the three of us, you are the most down on the True Detective season two finale. I wish I had more hands so I could give it four thumbs down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. No, 
I was zero, zero earbuds. Zero earbuds for the True oh, Detective. Oh, no. Like it, the Alf that we talk about. Look, the Alf is a huge letdown because it's kind of this sad thing that happens, cliffhanger, whatever. This was intended to be, as written, the finale of this season slash series of True Detective, and I, I hated it. Just hated it. Uh-huh. Hated, 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 hated this show. Uh, this finale. I'm sorry. I like watching the show throughout, but I sort of feel, I don't know. I feel manipulated. I feel, and not in a good way, not in a way that suspense is supposed to do that or not. I don't, I don't, I I don't feel good. Uh, I feel very negative about the whole thing. You feel sick. So tell us how you really feel. Yeah. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. I know know this. I mean, you, you, I think you emailed me last night. What did you say? You said something like, that was not good. I'm really mad. I hope I'm not this mad tomorrow night. Yeah. I forget. (laughs) I forget. I said, I'm legit angry about that finale at 1130 PM. Yeah. And then you emailed me again this morning and you're like, nope, still mad. <laughs> yep. That's, and you just track it. just want to keep you posted on my mood. I want you to have a Gmail mood ring. Well, that's very, listen, you've already given me that and I haven't been wearing it and I apologize because I really should be, but it's, you, you took know, it off. I took it off. I took oh. it off. I know where it is. It's not lost. Don't worry oh. about it. I didn't Did just you have like, to do throw, the dishes or something. I didn't just like throw it out the window. No, I was trying to convince you that I didn't want you around oh, anymore. I so remember I, that. yeah, I, I removed my it. Gmail mood ring. Uh, Don't give me that nonsense. I, know, I can I see know. right through you. Josh. I know. I know you can, but no, Antonio likes to keep me apprised of his emotional state. And that's one of the things that I truly appreciate about my good friend Antonio Mazzaro and I've been I've been feeling I've been feeling the pulse on Antonio all day and this has not gotten better you just do, you're not a fan of this finale no I'm not uh and I in in hindsight it, it makes me feel down about the whole season and that's really unfortunate because I have enjoyed talking about it with you guys I think there are some there were some good themes throughout the season and I think this finale doesn't ignore those themes I think that they are present but I think anything positive that this finale does is just so marred by some of the negatives that both defy logic uh, and expectation and seem needlessly and senselessly brutal for the point of brutality, I think. I mean, here's what I feel like. I feel like Nick Pizzolatto, Pizzolatte as we've called him here, Nick Pizzolatto, I just feel like he went into this season with a very negative an angry feeling about True Detective, about something that he should have been lauded for and maybe felt like he should have been more lauded for. And that really showed up on screen. I think that it's interesting in the way that like a mental patient is interesting in that you can kind of look at it from afar and say, wow, that really reflects a lot of X, Y, and Z. But I really didn't need to see that sort of id play out on the screen the way I did. I mean, I felt really negative about the whole season in, 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 in retrospect uh, as a result of this finale, which just really served that function and, and very, very little other. Hey, yeah. does, do you guys think uh, is part of the problem, and I, I think there has been some people who had wrote about this today, do you think part of the problem is, is that they gave – they gave they, Nick has so much control of this whole thing, and he didn't have that one person to tell him, "Hey, you know what? This is this is not dial working. Dial it down. Dial, dial it, it down. This is not working, man. We need to redo this. It's not. It doesn't flow with the narrative. Let, let's 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 rethink this thing. Is that? Do you think that's part of the problem? He just he needed someone there, and it and it and he didn't have it this time. 
Yeah, I think that that had been an accusation throughout this season. I think that even before we knew what this whole thing was going to look like, I think that that was a concern coming into the season, that Carrie Fukunaga was such a key part of the creative success of True Detective Season 1, and I think McConaughey and Harrelson as well were, mm-hmm. you know, they were beyond just actors. They were creating something special, and I think that they probably felt very defensive and protective over the story that they were telling in Season 1, mm-hmm. and I think that it was a multi-headed beast back then. And I think that this was much more of a one-headed beast. Probably there were, like, mini heads on this monster there's probably like tiny little brain nuggets on its shoulders uh but it was mostly one giant head that was controlling this thing it was nick pizzolatos and it's a scary thing to be creating you know this huge show for hbo and i do think that that is a piece of this i think antonio i think that your um your assessment is really interesting and insightful and i think that there's probably a lot of that that's accurate i would stop short of completely signing off on it just because i'm not a shrink uh and i don't know anything about that and i don't want to diagnose the guy but it does feel like there was a lot on this guy's mind and just like a big chip on his shoulder and i think that a lot of it was getting worked out in season two and i hear what you're saying in terms of like i don't need to see that play out on tv like i don't need that to be what i'm tuning in on sunday night and you know devoting weeks of my life uh to participating in and engaging in um i guess i kind of expected that to a degree and i mean i've mentioned this early on in our podcasts that uh if this ended up just kind of being a train wreck if this ended up just being sort of just like a dog pile fest i'd probably be okay because that's interesting to me i am interested in that kind of stuff maybe that says something bad about me maybe (laughs) maybe that says that the things i take pleasure in are pretty awful and i should reevaluate a lot of stuff in my life that could be it maybe i could do that kind of introspective reflection um but i i'm interested in that i think as a as a, as a process person you know I, I find that interesting to see how something like this can kind of kind of crumble before your very eyes and i do think a lot of that was on display this season antonio i do think that we did watch the collapse of a guy who had a lot of anger towards the first season of the show evidenced in the fact that he made a character this season, the director of this shitty movie, uh, ends up being like, you know, a total nothing character, but was just like a little bit of a dim-witted idiot guy, a caricature of Kari Fukunaga. This was a guy who was obviously very angry, and I think that we see in the finale, it's a real, uh, a real turn in the complete opposite direction of this optimistic, stargazing, look into the universe's eye and see something beautiful moment of the finale of season one. We really veered in the other direction here in season two, and I think that that's a direct response to a lot of the criticism and probably a lot of the bad blood that this guy was feeling towards season one. It, it's an overcorrection. It's a classic overcorrection. First right. of all, I bought the URL just now, dogpilefest.com, Josh. So now you've got it. Uh, if okay, we ever want to do anything with that, we're, we're Are all you right. serious? Did you really? No, but I mean, by the time this podcast is over, I probably will have. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, <laughs> Don't forget. Don't forget. Otherwise, someone else is... Dogpilefest.com. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, for, it's for the things that you like to look at and watch, what apparently. It, what if it exists yeah. already? I should no, verify I look, that. It doesn't exist. I did okay. look. So okay. we're good to go. Um, okay, but cool. no, this is a classic overcorrection. And... That's the problem, I think, is that is that I didn't take issue with the way season one went down. There were a lot of people that did. And the reason there were a lot of people that did is because this show and the way it's written and the age that it is occurring feeds into what a lot of people want out of their event television. They want big you know sequences they want to to to, to rewatch the show and see things they want screenshots to matter they want all of these things to happen and true detective season 1 really did deliver throughout the course of the season because it delivered throughout the course of the season 
there's so many different people that wanted so many different things out of the finale that when the finale delivered, people were disappointed, not with necessarily what the finale delivered, but more with what it didn't deliver. Right. Uh, they were more disappointed that it didn't tie together things that were red herrings or that were really things that they personally had built up or read into the story that weren't necessarily intended. And so the finale was a letdown mainly for that reason. Uh, and, and then maybe for some, for some people had issues with it, that it was too starry and that it was too sunny and too happy. Some people had issue that it wasn't. Everybody had different issues with it. But in response to that, I feel like the course correction here was I'm just going to make an unabidingly dark finale. So dark that the choices the characters make won't actually really make a lot of sense. Uh, and that the things that happen in the finale won't really make a lot of logical sense. But it won't matter because this is all about a dark drumbeat that I'm putting on the screen. And, and it's my show, so I'm going to do it that way. And damn anybody else who thinks that I wasn't responsible for all the good in the first season. And I really think that there was some of that. And, and as you pointed out, You've got the analog to carry Fukunaga there. That's not even beginning. That's not even like, even like defensively subtle. Like that is clearly there. Uh, and so I think we'd be foolish to not assume that that's the only thing, the only axe that Pizzolatto was grinding on screen right. with this season of True Detective. It certainly wasn't. And this finale, I think, represents the culmination of what he wanted to do with this season. And he wanted to make it a very dark, like illogically negative episode and, and season ultimately. And that just, to me, that strikes a very, very, very negative chord. I think there's ways to make the ending not happy that, that still make logical sense. Uh, and there's ways to do it with just a, a, a twist of something so that somebody could plant a flag somewhere. And this was just devoid of just about every, every one of those. I think that our Philly uh, in the comment section on postshowrecaps.com says something that I feel like you could sign off on, Antonio. Our, our Philly says, the season has been an unrelenting series of body blows, and I feel like it culminated in a larynx-crushing throat punch last night. Shows like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad have shown me I don't need a happy ending to feel satisfied with the conclusion of a series, but I'm unsure if I'm content with the ending we got here. And not to dig into what happens if The Sopranos are Breaking Bad, I think given the content of those shows, even if you just know about them in principle and haven't watched them, you shouldn't be shocked to hear that those are dark shows. They're probably going to dark places. Right. But I think what our Philly is saying with those two examples in particular is that's a way that you can end your show on darker notes and still have it be satisfying where... You, Antonio, you don't feel like this accomplished that. Right. I think you don't need to have a happy ending. I think you can have uh, just a, 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 like a, what I think life is, which is I think that you would have some sort of middle of the road ending. Melancholy. Melancholy, or just like, or just kind of a, something that has, if you, if you want to focus on like, like a perfect example of this. This is one of the things that pissed me off like so much about this <laughs> finale is Ray desperately wants to send this message to Chad. It, it, the message is mostly contentless. It is really not like the most profound thing. Uh -huh. It is not. I mean, we don't focus a ton on what Ray has said. It yeah. is more important that it be sent. But it's really important for us to know that it didn't get sent. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so mean. It really oh. is. So like, screw you, man. I, yeah, I shed like, a tear at that moment. I mean, it's like, why, why that didn't need, like, you've killed Ray. You've gunned yeah. him down. He is yeah. dead. His, he, he will never know that that son was actually his son. Uh. And he, his, his name will die tarnished. And, and, oh, by the way, the message also didn't go through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just don't understand. Like, uh, I mean, like, go well, to the first fence. off. First off, Ray, what are you doing? If you have this message that you really need to send to Chad, it's not like suddenly you're in the Redwood Forest. Right, right. You know that you're driving to the place where there's going to be literally no cell service. And you know that you're being tailed and you're trying to get yourself out of a firefight. So you lead them directly to the Redwood Forest where you're going to have no service and definitely are going to die? Yeah, it makes no sense. That no, makes that- no sense. Oh, that didn't make any sense to you? No, no. <laughs> go into a public place. Like, go anywhere where you, you have a chance of not being shot to death. Like, yeah. don't do it this way. Or turn yourself in. At least maybe then, I mean, you'll probably get killed in custody, but at least you have a shot. Like, this is ridiculous. I, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like. Uh, don't get me started. I'm going to so, yell. Well, we have to get we're you starting started. Off you're on the, the, you're on the podcast But right we're now. just getting started. Yeah, you're on a podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, obviously we had dived right into the issues we have with the whole death of Ray because it was – what you guys just said is everything I was thinking at the top of my head. I just – yeah, the whole simple. process was like, <laughs> what in the hell is this? Like, yeah, at, pretty- at some point – Nick was sitting there typing this going, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll go to the forest. This will go – those work perfectly beautifully with that, with that sequence we had with, with the father and the dream sequence. It's like, right. no, no, no. Nobody in their right mind that's in the position he's in is going to do any of the things that just happened to this man. I think right. you just said something that is important to me, which is no one in their right mind. And here's what I have to say about this. When we met Ray Velcoro at the beginning of this season, he was not in his right mind. He was suicidal. Yes. He was self-destructive. He had right. very little reason to live. Uh, and sometimes like Chad was the only reason. And his relationship with Chad was so bad. He has gone through this season with a somewhat, with somewhat of an arc upward. To the point where he really is not trying to die. He wants to get out of the situation. And I think he knows when he pulls off the highway that his son, going to see his son, is probably going to put him in some form of jeopardy. Like he's really unsure about stopping. I think he knows that. But to think that he's directly suicidal, that he's willing to die just for one last glimpse of his son, if that's the point they wanted to communicate, that is an utter failure. I don't think that's what they were trying to I don't think no, so because- either. And that's the only way it's defensible. Mm. No, because you we're led to believe that for the first time, Ray seems pretty happy. He's happy with what, you know, maybe potentially spending the rest of his life with Anna. I mean, sure, they'll be in. They'll, they'll be in a foreign country ever. But, you know, he'll ha- he seemed like Got he was it. happy. I mean, they didn't, to me, you're right. Ray, Ray, from the early part of this uh, season, I could maybe see doing some of these careless, stupid things. But the the but the Ray right now, you're right. I didn't make any sense why he would be doing any of these actions because can, can we talk it was about just what happened? ridiculous. He shows up there and he goes to see Chad and they do this Michael Bay-esque salute. Uh, well, with, we, mm-hmm. But even before that, can we just stop to be like, listen, uh, Chad's carrying around the badge that's oh, encased in like the plexiglass. It's like a very cumbersome thing. You don't just bring that to school. No, don't take that away from me, Josh. I had to tear up when that part happened. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's very important for Ray to see that and know that he's good with Chad. He can make his peace with that. But he, that's he your happy really, ending. Come on. That's your right. happy ending. Right, he really, he right. really had to see that, though. Come yeah. on. So, but he goes away from his car for a few minutes, and then when he gets back, his gas line has been cut, and he's got a tracking device on his car. Are we, are we in agreement on that? Now, yes. 
Well, so you, I so said that's what you assume was the, the, the gas line was cut then. Yeah, because he was on empty and there was like a puddle of something under his car. So I think well, there's gas no line, way he's going to get to the, the Redwood Forest from there on, a, on, a, on an empty on tank. Fumes? I mean, I don't know. Are we in Canadian California? Because mm. there, there has been a uh, large analysis that was done. Uh, we had post show recaps. A uh, friend of the show's Alex Wilpon posted it on Facebook. <laughs> Laura Holzwasser had posted it on Facebook. I've right. seen it all around the internet. Um, this is just the Canadian uh, California here where we're, they can make a trip from one part of California to the other in can, one day. They can make a 10 hour trip in one day, in, in yeah. a few hours. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So obviously the reflection of the gas, if we're saying it's a gas, then the reflection is the reason why he saw the tracker. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah, assume the tracker they put the tracker on after he parked why do you need to put a tracker right? on someone's car yeah, if you cut their gas line well and you cut your gas line and you've had no problem following them at this point yeah they showed right up where you were i mean i don't understand like i <sighs> first of all there is no way i'm gonna get in that car and start driving i mean that ah. Uh, Okay, Can I just okay. say something? Can I just jump in here for a minute here and just Please say we're, be, we're just being so nasty to this show and we're being so negative on everything that happened with Ray. And I think that we should really just take a minute to just congratulate the guy on being a father again and That's being true. confirmed to be Chad's father. These are blessings. You know, now, who else I can't be happy about that Chad. because Antonio got even more points when that happened. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Antonio, how bad can you be? You clearly won this thing. You are the yellow king. You like don't, wiped the floor with us. <laughs> all I did was make logical predictions based on what I could read as the tea leaves of this season. I was able to call Taylor Kitsch dying as a plot device before the season even started. So that shouldn't make me happy, right? I guess not. I, I, in all fairness, let's be honest. You guys wiped the floor with me because if I if I had up these points right, I did so poorly. It's not even funny. Well, we all got <laughs> one for death. Yeah, we, we got the death draft right. That's Everyone true. got that right, but Antonio got the bonus point. Taylor Kitsch was shot. I think that you had said that Colin Farrell would be stabbed. Is that right? Throat slit. He said throat slit. throat slit. Well, you almost were right, and uh, like to a different character. Like that could have been on Frank, and that could have been real good for me. So if our powers had combined, we almost got some really good points there. But we all scored a point with the death draft. We were all right that Annie was going to be fine. Um, Frank did not get away with it. Jeremiah. So he did not score a point there. <laughs> no idea. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was rooting for Diamond Kid Vengeance. I got that score. Yep. Uh, Antonio got a point for Ray is indeed Chad's father. Yeah. Mari Povich came through for me. Yeah. And then <laughs> Antonio also didn't want any harm to come to Annie's sister. He scores a point for that. Oh, does I she have a sister? I, I found I found out nothing about Taylor Kitsch's burn marks, so I didn't score there. Right. And um, Jeremiah hoped that the kids were not the killers of Casper, and you were wrong. So Antonio, <laughs> it was a clean sweep. You yeah. got them all, clean sweep, every yeah. single one. Did you guys? And, yet, and yet you're still having such a bad day. Did, did we not? Didn't the audience have uh, Anna dying? Something about water, right? Or, I don't remember. Did she drown or something? Like, I don't know how we said that she would die, but she but, didn't die, so the audience loses. Did, was I not the only one, though, that thought about that when they saw her on the boat in the water, thinking, oh, no, I hope she doesn't fall over and drown, and then the audience oh will get God. a point. <laughs> I was a little worried of what they were going to do to Annie there. And, a little um, bit. I mean, it's not like, I mean, she lived. That's great. She had her cosmic moment, I guess, since she was pregnant. I don't know, where she sensed that Ray had died. 
I, I mean, that was all well and good, but she had nothing to do in this finale. They really just decided let's not do anything with Rachel McAdams until like the very final scene. That was a real bummer to me because Annie was such a badass. They, I thought that they did a pretty good job with Annie throughout most of the season. And then they really did just relegate her to being the love interest. And that, that was such a bummer to me that that is the direction that they ended up going with her. Yeah, I think that that's true. And I think that they're, we had a we had a comment just just now on our page at postshowrecaps.com on the show page for this episode from Angie and Angie felt a little bit differently she said watching Ray make the decision to visit his son one last time was brutal because she knew what he would do and she knew exactly how it would happen because his father had told us many episodes ago and seeing all that unfold was a cheery moment in a milk toast season but she thinks it was Ray's story throughout with a little more time. Maybe Paul would have been relevant or Annie's character unrelated to a relationship with Ray or abuser. We could have gone into that, but it was Ray's season. It was Ray's story. Uh, and that Frank and these other characters were actually somewhat secondary. Um, and maybe their even their stories could have been trimmed in service of Ray's. I don't know if it is Ray's story though. I do feel like we really, we kind of got half of a thing with Annie. That's, that's another thing that bugs me because you're right. She's put on the sidelines, and the end of her story is, look, uh, you know, we underserved female characters in series one of True Detective, but the women survive in this right. season. Look, they're the heroes. They're the ones who made it through. It's it's them. It's their story. They're going on a long journey somewhere. And I just, I, I don't think that that's how you how you service a character. And there's a great debate on our post-show recaps page right now between um, one of the commenters named uh, Lila or Leela and Mustard Cannon. And, and it's about this. It's about the, the role of women on the show and whether they were well-serviced or not. And, it, and I think it depends on the perspective that you look through. Uh, Angie's saying, hey, it was Ray's story, so things that happened with Ray um, or, or, or anyone else, Annie, uh, were in service of that story. Uh, but then you have to, you can't uh, ignore the fact that, um, like this is what Lila says, in the end, every female character was defined by her servitude or relationship to a male character. Jordan did nothing but serve in relation to Frank. Felicia in the bar was purely a tool to be utilized by Ray. Casper's daughter was motivated only by her entanglement with her father. Ray's ex-wife only existed to yell at him. Even Annie literally articulated her purpose in the closing moments of the series as being motivated by the memory of Ray. Uh, and I, and Mustard Cannon has some good points that, that come back on that. What did you guys think about Jordan and Annie uh, in general uh, and the role of women on this season of True Detective? I mean, I I was really into the Annie character. I thought that Rachel McAdams was doing a great job, and I was disappointed that this is all we got from her in the finale, when I really think that, uh, yeah, Ray's had his, his stuff together in the past couple of weeks, but by and large, Annie was the, was the real competent one of all of these people, I think. I think she was, you know, she had some personality issues, she had some working with others issues, and she obviously had some anger issues, but she was tough as nails, and she was driven, and she was good, and I think that she would have come in handy in a lot of this stuff that was happening in the end, you know, with Frank and Ray going after Osip. There's no reason that Annie couldn't have been involved in that. I feel like it was a bit of a misstep to turn Ray and Annie into a thing. I think it was a nice moment last week. I think it yielded a couple of nice moments in this episode as well. But I think that ultimately it was a disservice to a character that I think that they were doing a really compelling job making a, a rich, complicated person. And it just ended up a little soft for me in the end. I, I think that they could have done more with her. And then with Jordan, I mean, 
they never did anything with Jordan. You know, Jordan was was really, you know, you can make the argument that at least Annie had had a story that we were following. And in the end, it's a, a bit in service to the Ray story. And it's really, you know, leaning on Ray's story at the, at the very end of her thing. But Jordan's all the way through was entirely dependent on Frank's. You know, she's a main character. She's a series regular. She's her name, Kelly Riley. She's in the opening credits. But she may as well have just been, you know, one of these background players. Yeah, and I like Kelly, but I agree. I thought the George Jordan character, unfortunately, was a big miss for me. I didn't. To me, I thought I walked away from it uh, not satisfied at all with anything we got from her. But I do. I did like Annie. I think Annie was pretty good. I just think that there still was a lot of miss when it comes to building a strong female character that can really get excited about all the way through you know there still was a lot of things they still could have done and with with annie that i think that would have made her even in that much better but you know i mean i always applaud an attempt you know i certainly think i still think they made a mistake here i think that season two should have been you know female focused i think that you know we should have had our main detectives all be females or something of that nature which is some of the ideas that was floated around i think that would have been a better direction to go and really test that boundaries and see if we could really you know write something that's that's great that involves lead female characters because we always you know i think many people will agree that that's a lacking a lot of times in television we don't have enough of them and i really really bums me out that we can't get writers that can really write well uh, when it comes to making a, a compelling, interesting, charming, wonderful female character that we can love, I just yeah, I, I, I don't know. That, I, I just I don't think that they had it here. I, I don't think yeah. that they had it. I think that it was like that's what they were trying to go for, and I think it was so front of mind. I think it was such like a conscious effort that they just like whiffed. You know, I think that yeah. I think Pete's a lot of just whiffed on it. I think it was something that there was a lot of pressure on him to make that work, and I don't. I, it didn't ever come across as genuine on his part, especially now mm-hmm. that we know the full picture. I really like sure. this comment from Tyree Biggums, who has a lot of com- uh, on our on our website on Pusher Recaps, has a lot of complaints about this finale. But one takeaway that he's taking that I'm going to latch onto is he says, "I'm going to pretend that Annie's kid is actually Nails's kid." <laughs> I saw that comment. That's a good one. I'm shipping Nails. Nails, like Roger Nails. Everyone loves that. Nails, it's perfect. Nails or Nanny. I like Nanny. Nanny is good. Nanny. Is yeah, good. I like. I like Nanny. That's that's what, George, that's what Jordan is, by the way. After the whole story's over, Jordan is a nanny. You know, I know that a lot of people were like kind of whatever on the final scene of like where are Bezaridis and Jordan and Nails and the kid going off to next. It's like, oh, I don't really care. I don't really care where they're going next. I mean, I would watch a show that was Nails and Annie and that baby. And it's just like this like Western through Venezuela. That sounds like an awesome show. Hashtag, I would watch it. True Detective season three. Yeah. If someone else was writing it, I would watch the shit out of that <laughs> show. <laughs> I really would. Oh, no. did, did you see my response to that uh, on uh, twitter no i did not oh okay well what i said was is that they're going to disney world of course you guys just helps uh give away all the information you can to the new york times what are you gonna do we're going going to to disney Disney world World. yeah i don't know i think goes they'll probably get arrested and then like you know sniped by these vinci city jerks oh yeah they all they all get away with it for a little while at least i mean i guess we're we're hoping we hope against all hope that the that the journalist is going to take these suckers down but if something happens to him on the way from venezuela back home it's over so i did like that it was the same journalist that ray had shaken down on 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 frank's request at the beginning of the series i think that there is some nice uh there's some nice poetry there 
Uh, and, and I think that there is some room for, uh, it, what could be, uh, the, the inter- the ultimate interesting story is that it could all unravel. I don't know how, what he can do with all that evidence. He wants her to testify. If she doesn't testify, does it all stand up? I don't know. That to me is not enough of a quote unquote happy ending for there to really be an outlet. Uh, and to me, this ser- this series, especially the- this season of this series, reminded me of kind of Homeland from Showtime in that Homeland, I thought, was a show with a really interesting premise. I thought the first season of Homeland had some great television in it, and then it just really kind of went off the rails and fell apart uh, as some of the things that were hard to hold up about that, about that show really came to bear. Uh, and characters that that didn't need to stay alive stayed alive and ones that shouldn't should have died shouldn't didn't die and on and on and on but i think that that's a show that sort of wore out its welcome a little bit and then it's it just doesn't really exist in a plane where it's able to be consistently anything except for bad and i think that that's my concern about true detective and I don't know. I, I'm not saying Nick Pizzolatto doesn't have good writing in him. I just think this was a little bit of a train wreck, and I don't know exactly why it went off the rails. I don't know if it's what you guys were talking about earlier, or you maybe, Jeremiah, as you were saying, need somebody to just kind of say, no, 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 you can't do this. You need somebody who, and you need an executive producer who isn't being openly mocked on the show and who's actually part of the thing. Um, you need people to give you good notes. HBO is not going to do that with Pizzolatto, and I appreciate that about HBO, and I respect it. But sure. I think this is an example of when you let a creator kind of run roughshod, you don't always get Matt Weiner. Uh, you don't always get Mad Men. Sometimes you get uh, True Detective Season 2, and it doesn't it doesn't work out very well in, in balance. I, that said, Mustard Cannon, I think, put on – you know, pointed out on uh, our, our our page at show, uh, post show recaps, like say what you will about liking this season or not, it was certainly a discussion piece, and I think that is true. That just that's, doesn't, yeah, it's it, true. It doesn't absolve the show of the emotion, the negative energy that it generated, and made me feel stupid, kind of, for watching uh, some of the finale last night, just because the decisions the characters were making didn't make a ton of sense in the yeah. context of the series. Can we talk about? I want to talk about just a little bit about the logic of what's happening. Frank, if, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Frank burns his Range Rover in that parking lot. Why? Because that's his car, right? And that not only is it trackable to him, it probably contains evidence. They burn the weapons. The Range Rover is gone. How does that drug cartel find Frank? We just assume that they found him? Because they're real good. <laughs> I mean, that's it, Or right? real lucky. They're real good. I mean, yeah, I mean, or real lucky. And how did Burris find Paul Woodrow at the end of last week's episode? Right. You know, yeah, he this comes kind out of the this, tunnels and he's just there. He just happened to be the, at the right place. You know, you can, you can chalk that up to, to not fantastic writing. Certainly, I don't think that that would be the harshest accusation that's been made so far. I think that you could chalk it up to that. I think you could also chalk it up to there seems to be this cosmic vortex on this show of bad things do just get drawn toward you if you are a main character. That seems to be the big theme of like, you just step into something and it just comes for you. And there's, it's like actually like kind of like genuinely cosmic on the show with this fact that Jeremiah referenced this before, you know, going back to that nightclub scene, the, the sort of the vision that Ray has after he's been shot with the buckshot uh, and he's in there and he's seeing his dad and his dad is telling him, you got here first and they cut you to pieces, son. And 
that's a thing that actually happens on the show. Like it's, it's almost a spoiler in yeah. that scene that, you know, his father, uh, actually tells him how he's going to die and therefore tells us how he's going to die. You come out of the trees and he gets cut to pieces. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, he didn't get cut to pieces, but he may as well have. You got, you know, he, riddled. Metaphorically so. Yeah, metaphorically, you know, he was cut to and, pieces. And let, yeah. let, me, let me point out, his and father so like, is there, not Cassandra. Right. So the same person who wrote that speech of his father wrote the scene where Ray died and definitely wrote the speech by his father, you know, with the intention of that scene happening. Right. The reason that any of this stuff happened in this in this episode is because it was the finale. That's why Ray died because it was the finale. Right. Not there. because it made organic sense. You, you, say what you will about the first season of True Detective. I didn't mind it because I felt it was earned. Not only in the way that the the face off happened, but in the way that we ended the show. It made sense to me logically. It made sense to me emotionally. It followed on a plane that I was like, okay, that's good. That writing isn't just okay. This is the finale, so big things have to happen. And I don't care if the characters. It means making the characters make decisions that they wouldn't make. Like they have to die and be put in these bad situations. So here's a bunch of crap that I can throw out there to put them in these situations so that they can die the way that I already told you they were going to die long ago. And I mean, I, I, I just don't know. Like I, Vince Vaughn dies. Why? Why does Frank die? Cause he was a mean person. Because he messed up, dude. Yeah, he screwed up. The answer to why Vince Vaughn dies, why Frank dies, is because he won't let them take his suit because it's got $3.5 million. No, worth of no, no. I'll tell you why he died. He died because he didn't cover, he didn't cover all his tracks. He forgot about the fact that he decided to burn down these clubs without even thinking about what the consequences would have been if you go down and burn down the club. Well, there, that's, I mean, that was like a red flag. Hey, you know, Frank, you know, Frank's up to something. I mean, I'm sure that probably is what tipped off. He did these forget cartels. about that, and then he bought his way out of that with one million dollars. And they were literally getting back in the trucks, and the guy wanted to humiliate no, him a little they bit. They were going to kill said, him. Give me your suit. You really did you see I the hole they dug for? No, him? I don't. So. I don't think that did, they were going to kill him. Did you see the hole they dug for him? They were willing. They to did. Drive I away. think that that was the plan. And then I think he bought his way out of yep. it. Where they're like, "All right, let's just take the money and let's get out of here." And I don't think that they were just going to dump him in there. But then he beats this guy in the face because he doesn't well, want to get. He doesn't want to get rid of the last little oh. bit of riches he's got. Okay. I do. I do. Buy so it. wait a minute. Hold, hold, hold. So you think, okay, do you think that he would have lived if he would have even just kept his mouth shut completely and not said, hey, doesn't a million dollars buy me a ride back? Because they were getting in their cars. I'll give you that. They looked like they were leaving. And he had to open up his big mouth because he wanted to ride back, which I get it. He's in the middle of the desert. You know, it's going to be a rough, <laughs> a rough walk back to the highway, I'm sure. But you know, maybe if he would have kept his mouth shut, does he live? So you're saying because he he opened his big mouth, then they asked for the suit, and he decides to punch the guy. That's the reason why they killed him. Yeah, yeah, right. that's yeah. the way I read it for sure. Yeah, I, re- I, I read it. I read it that way too. That and, I read it that way too, and I think that you know, I think it comes down to a lot of what you're saying already, Jeremiah. Is that like he forgot that he didn't, you know, cover his tracks with these guys? That he burned down their clubs. Of course, but, they're going to be angry. Of course, they're going to come after him. But the other thing that he does is he's too proud. He has, a lot of this is on pride for this guy, and he's too proud to give up this last little bit of money that he has worked for. That's in, and it's not a last little bit. It's a lot of money that's in his suit, and He's so unwilling to let go of that. He is so, um, you know, adamant about hanging on to what he has worked for that he refuses to just 
take the suit off for the guy. If he does it, he doesn't have the money, but he has his health. He'll walk back, he'll walk naked through the desert, and he'll live. I think that they're letting him live. Well, I think, you know, you think about it too, he insulted them big time. When they came in the club, I don't remember which episode it was, but when the, when the episode where he came in the club and he basically said, I'm back in charge now, get the hell out of here. I don't, you know, your business is not welcome here. He, had, he had, As soon as he said that to them, I thought to myself, well, these guys are going to be coming back for him eventually. And to me, I thought like, you know, I felt like they were going to kill him no matter what. But I, I do agree, though, when you look at the scene again, and I made sure I watched it again before we did a podcast, is that, yeah, it does look like the fact that if he would have kept his mouth shut or at least give them the suit or whatever, he may have lived. But I don't know. I, I think these guys really well, had out for him. And the suit is a metaphor, you see, because he worked his way up into the being the guy who wears the suit. So he couldn't just let that go. Oh, he couldn't boy. let go the very last little bit of money, his little dream that he had, that he was fighting for this whole season. And he couldn't give up the physical trappings of that lifestyle that he so desperately wanted to lead to prove that he wasn't the little boy in the basement. He couldn't see, give up the suit. He couldn't give I, up those diamonds. I would have tried to pull a fast one, to be honest with you. I would have just slid my hand into the pocket, grabbed that little bag and squished it in my hand as much as possible and start taking that's off a, the jacket. That's a really unfair thing for you to level at Vince Vaughn, though, Jeremiah, because you're a trained <laughs> illusionist, and you know, you've been working years on your sleight of hand tactics, and that's just not a thing well, that Frank Semyon was able to pull That's off. a good point. That's a good you point. Have to, Jeremiah, you have to send me my wallet back, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. I know you keep telling me it's in the mail, but I haven't seen it. I haven't it's seen in the mail, anything. man. It's in the mail. I'm telling you. Well, I would like that back because I have $3.5 million worth of diamonds in it. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have given it up. No, I, I didn't. He, he illusioned it out of me. <laughs> Illusions, Michael. Yes, he tricked me. I have me. ways, the friend. Oh, uh, yes. man. Um, I just, I just, I, the Frank thing really, I mean, it really let me down. I, the, that was kind of this, we, we saw his like, his ghosts, as you point out. We saw yes. probably what was maybe his first kill. We saw his father. Uh, we saw these, these things that he had experienced in life. We saw the, the, the vultures trailing behind him, uh, in the desert. I mean, it was actually stylistically good, uh, in the way that it, it, that sort of, it was almost like a play. It was like a yeah. fallen comrades montage. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> rites of passage. Yes. It was like rites of passage. Like, <laughs> yeah. It you know? was good. I really liked his snotty face too. I thought that he was doing some great face acting. I know that Kelly Ryan accused Vince Vaughn of not being able to act for shit in this episode, but I feel like I feel like he at least did all right in his final scene. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wonder, do you think that that's I, I meta, that, by I the way? I, I mean, I do think it was meta, but not intentionally, and that's part of the reason why it's hilarious. I think I mentioned at the top of the episode. I liked. The, I thought the scene was shot beautifully. I thought it was it was great, but I was, of course, bumming knowing the fact that you know he wasn't getting out of this. It was hard to watch a little bit. No, I tell you, look, I, I, it was a very uh, convenient way to get to something that Nick Pizzolatto really wanted to do with Frank Semyon. He really wanted Frank Semyon to die, but he also wanted him to be able to get his street justice on OSIP, which I will say, I thought that scene was really well done. The vigilante stuff was intense. The, like the whole shooting the gas guns into the building and all that stuff, it was ruthless and brutal, and I thought it was done well. I thought that the Frank Castle Punisher thing that Frank Semyon pulls off, I thought that they did a good job shooting that. I thought it was a good scene. Oh, yeah, uh, I that think, was awesome. I think, I think that they wanted, I think Nick really wanted to, to kill off Frank. I thought that it was very convenient. I thought that that's what he was trying to build up to. But I thought that the scene itself, and I thought that the acting i think that stylistically as you pointed out it was very visually striking it was a it was a visually striking just an emotionally striking scene and a well-acted scene 
but it was was it earned i think is is where it, it fails the smell test you know there were so many poor decisions as far as how things ended here in this this episode i'm really surprised they didn't have poor frank die by being locked in the basement yeah. is that how was that how alf ended <laughs> with like a water with like a alf ended here's how alf died uh he was looking at a water stain on the ceiling and then it <laughs> fell through and it was like hydrochloric acid and burned, him, burned all his fur off uh and then yeah he was like uh he, they sold his alien corpse on ebay oh my god i know it's pretty brutal and then global warming ha- and then like the, the ice age happened because of oh. all the bad things that they had done uh, in you're the just kidding world. it was the stone age yes it was <laughs> no just kidding it was the ice age yes it was no like the the um it, it's just uh, I, I mean i don't i i don't understand i i think that if you look at the the metaphor of frank Simeon as a guy who wanted desperately to try to be something that he wasn't uh, and acted criminally to get there. Uh, and what's the, what's the moral of that story that you can't get beyond your station? I mean, I think that that's not entirely true from what we see in the course of the series. We, we see Burris walk away like Burris. Yeah. He got shot. And maybe, maybe this report will take him down. We don't know, but you get to choose, you get to choose how you feel about that. But Burris committed the crime. He committed the jewelry store heist. He killed the Ostermans and he used and that, that Paul. crime. He used all of those things to get into a great position in Vinci. And yeah, you know what? Screw Burris. That guy's a real jerk. Yeah, uh, you guys, uh, please tell me you're like me. The one as frustrating like as you. some of these things was this I episode. I too would like you. <laughs> but that the fact that Burris did not get killed in this episode drives me crazy. Yeah, what a jerk. That's the way the world is, Jeremiah. The bad guys win. Well, Holloway got his. Man, did he get his. That was, that was, that was yeah, awful. That was, that was like a, that was some very intensely personal murder he gets, there. Yeah, he gets stabby, 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 and then he also just like catches some of the cop bullets as well. Yes, he does. A, what an awful way to go for that guy. <laughs> what well, a bummer. Showing very little uh, worse for, she was like almost no worse for wear from Paul's pistol whipping, by the way. I noticed he had a band-aid on his neck, like Marcellus Wallace's soul had been removed right other than that uh i didn't see much there so good for him i guess but yeah i mean of course the bad guys win that's the the downer motive whatever but i think that you can't ignore if your theme with frank is look you can't really rise beyond your station you are what you are and if you stick your head out and you try to rise above your station that's when you get knocked down but that's just not really what happened with burris as is the perfect example first and foremost uh burris got success and he walked away how does how is burris meaningfully different than frank burris got money i I think you know they they all got sweetheart deals they all got all these things because of criminal activity but they rose above their station to be something bigger than they were and i just don't know that you can in the same universe say that the moral of the story for frank is that you can't do that and have other characters who are also committing bad acts get away with it well then you know you have to do the mental gymnastics antonio to to go past the ending of the series the final scenes of the series and you have to have some leap of faith confidence in the fact that the journalist breaks the story and burris gets his i think that that's what it's asking you to do well that's what we like to believe but i mean do we think though there's gonna be enough there to really do some damage on these guys totally totally depends on you open-ended ending that's true and that depends on what kind of universe you want to build for yourself out of this thing that was presented to us i think not just that but i think you can also look at the context of the series and say no it's not going to happen because Mm -hmm. what what do we see when we see the ag when we see the ag coming down hard on on vinci they say nah he just wants to pay off like 
right. he just wants his hand out. And we see the Casper thing go, and they pin it on Amarillo. And all these things happen that, that you expect to show you that you can't get away with this sort of thing, and these guys buy their way out. So what the show has told me is that the rich and powerful people that exist in the world get away with it. And they get away with it to a, such a great degree that one of them is probably going to become governor. Uh, one, and, and even though he knew about all these horrible things that were happening, uh, some of the other ones, yeah, some of them get killed. That, that maybe happens sometimes, but a lot of them don't. And that, so I, it doesn't just require mental gymnastics. It requires like mental prestidigitation. Like I have to make. That was way too big of a word. You have to walk that back. Yeah, from me. I have to make something <laughs> appear out of nothing. And I, and I have to go against a mountain of evidence that the show has force fed me throughout to say, okay, you're right. This will happen. That, that guy will get taken down. That's not the world that true detective has existed in. Well, it may be not season two, but season one. Season one ends with cosmic justice and harmony and things like that. So it's not like it's completely outside of the wheelhouse of this writer. But not really and because the big, big, big guys in season one don't go down. The senators, the governors, the big members of the family who were in charge of this, they don't get the justice. They take one guy out who was part of one thing. The, the reverend, he died of natural causes. The other people that were involved in the Tuttle family, scot-free. Yeah. Well, well, it would be it would be nice if we could just get all these guys. But that's not how this usually works in reality. Yeah, I got that. Come on. I got that. I got that. And how it usually works in reality is not all one way or the other. It right. doesn't always work out like cherries and roses, and it doesn't always work out so negative. Like it doesn't have to be a, a, entirely one thing or the other. I think to be most like reality, it should probably be a mix of both. It should. But I mean, that's the Pizzolatto has a very cynical worldview, and I and I appreciate that i just think that what all this the, the arc of this season was not but cynicism like it existed at one pole and it ended up at the same pole and yeah. I, I don't I, I don't think when i sit down and read a book or when i watch television i tend to avoid things which just hammer home the same negative point it's like watching the evening news watching true detective it's like negativity is all that is happening like no it doesn't right. have to be that way yeah, and I, I think that this was a mostly very negative ending, but I, I don't know. You and I come at this final part of it a little differently, I think. I think that you still feel like it's a really fatalistic ending, and I think that there's a little bit of hope at the end here. I do think that there's this idea that this information is going to see the light of day. I think that there's enough evidence on the table, literally on the bed. Uh, there's enough evidence on the bed, and there's enough evidence on the show, uh, and it's open-ended enough that the ending I choose to believe is that these guys get theirs, and I think it's open-ended enough that you could go your way, Antonio, or you could go mine. I'm a happier man going mine, but I understand why you feel like it's so going the way that you So why did Ray's recorder get smashed? That sucks. I mean, there's... <laughs> well, but why it, does it suck, Josh? If it's going to work out your way, why does it suck? I'm not saying it's going to work out for, for Ray that way. I mean, that message is not going to get to Chad, and that is a very No, no, difficult- no. I mean in the shootout with, with Holloway and with uh, with the with the, the Osterman kid uh, in the train station. His oh, because then it would be overall already, and then the 30 minutes that we allotted to film more for this finale where we kill off Ray and Frank wouldn't be able to happen. Mm, I mean, <laughs> come on. You know, I, I think he should have bought a Sony recorder because those things hold up a lot better when they hit the ground. A talk boy. A talk boy. <laughs> That's what we That's what I We're think. I think he boys. bought a chintzy yeah. recorder. That's what happened. 
kiss me sugar i'm a prince <laughs> um i feel like uh, i hear what you're saying antonio i really do you can go on either side of the line i not only could we argue it all day long antonio i choose not to i choose not to argue this with you all day long because we would be here for a while and ultimately i'm more on your side than i'm not did you say I did moron not, i did say moron i'm more i'm more wow on your side uh than than not i think that this ending was bleak as hell i think that there are hints of optimism that i choose to hang on to i i'm not as bummed out as you are but by and large i didn't think it was a great ending but i also didn't think that it was a great show i think that it had some moments that were really compelling i think that they had some sequences that were fantastic i still think that everything with the with the mansion and the and the shootout and and all of that stuff and the dream sequence in the bar i think that there were some really great moments compelling moments the ending with Colin Farrell, you know, getting getting shot at the end of I think it was episode two was really intense. I think that there were moments of there were great intense moments. There were some really solid performances here. I think that there were elements of this season that did really work, even in the end. By and large, I think that it, it you know it jumped off the diving board with a lot of pressure on it that it didn't have in the first season, where it didn't know that it was going to have the amount of eyes on it that it did. This season, it knows as it's jumping off the board that a lot of people are watching, and instead of a clean dive, it breaks its face on the fall, and that sucks. But it was a it was a nice dive on its way down at certain moments, and I'm fine with that. You know, that's about what I expected from this thing, so I don't walk away enormously disappointed. But I think that that's because I didn't invest a ton emotionally into it to begin with. Is there less? flash or more or, or is it a better dive or a better landing if that baby at the end is jordan's and not annie and front and annie and ray's um yeah maybe because maybe because maybe. annie hadn't said really two words about a baby or wanting a child i mean you know that just wasn't really something that had been on her list so putting one in her hands uh and and having it be ray's as a result of a one-night stand and if ray had never had a kid I feel like okay, there's some poetry in that. But we find right. out that Ray is Chad's father. So that that and that was bittersweet. I saw it coming a mile away, as I said. Like not a huge deal, but that was good, I think. And that was a good moment with his wife looking at those pictures and remembering like Ray really wanted to be this kid's dad. Uh and there's not there's something to be said for that. And so I thought that was good. I didn't think that that needed to be Ray's son. Like, I think that would have made a lot more thematic and emotional sense for that against all odds to have been Frank's son. And yeah. maybe then when they're, when they're going on a long trip, which by the way, I know we're not going to talk about it. We didn't, we're not really going to get into it, but unless you think that that long trip is hopeful, like their lives are horrible as a result of what happened. <laughs> they're on the run in Venezuela for freak's sake. Like, what nothing, do you have against Venezuela? I have nothing against yeah, it, but, but I mean, they, they're not living high on the hog there. Uh -huh. Like they're not living in a, in a, some sort of, you know, just a beautiful villa with like lush gardens. They're on the run in like a, a kind not? of a rundown hotel. Why not? Who knows who nails knows? <laughs> That's a lot of, uh, a lot of letters there. Who knows? Who knows who nails knows? Well, who knows nails knows? I'm so confused. Follow your nose, nails. You know. Did you like that we got the backstory of nails? Of nails? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did too. I like that. Yeah, we know He's more no about him than we do Stan. Yeah, he's no Stan. And I like that we got the backstory of the bar, the black... Uh, I'm a nail Stan, by the way. You're a nail Stan? You're, stan yeah. you're, you're a nail Stan fan? Yes. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. 
Yes, well, I am. Do all you can to be a nail stand fan. I say, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I like, I like that. I like that we got the backstory of the cantina and the bartender. Uh, we didn't find out how she got her scars. I'm okay with that. I do like that we understand what the significance there is. She came to an understanding with Annie about Ray. Um, I appreciated all that. I appreciated that Ray's relationship with her existed on a different level than his relationship with Annie. When he's on the phone with Annie, he's telling her, "I'll be right behind you." You know, I could shake these guys and. The, no problem. And he, he says, hand the phone to, you know, and he hands the phone over and he's like, I'm not going to make it, you know, nah, make sure she make gets it. on that. On that <laughs> right. I'm not going to make it. Right. And I, I, I really respect that and appreciate that. I, we had one final scene of our singer in the bar there with an interesting <laughs> little, uh, way that Vince yeah. Vaughn could look at her from above. It was a little right. odd. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I, if they're not going somewhere good, uh, and I don't think that there's any reason to believe that they are, um, their ending isn't happy either. So the only just might bit of happiness in the ending, uh, is what that this reporter may take down Burris. I just, and I, and I just don't, I, I mean, maybe, t- maybe and Tony Chazani, come yeah, on. Yeah. So we, we unveil and uh, we, and governor Masuka. It, that now, if that happens, we have a different story. But I don't know that we've got that. Like I don't know what the ties were there. Then I don't know yeah, what ultimately what evidence that Annie had. Um, yeah. Because there well, she was, said, she says it's all there. There was some so, belief at some point in the show that they didn't have enough evidence to take it to the papers or to do right. anything with it. Yeah, but, I was. Well, I was confused. A year that. has passed. A year has passed. So much time. I don't think they. Uh, so much time to gather all that sweet, sweet intel. Contracts with signatures all over. All right, them. we can, yeah, we can hang on to this for a while. There's so much other ground to cover, and we don't have a ton of time yeah, to do it. So let's. That. No, that's fine. Let's let's do some let's do some hits on some of this other stuff though. Jackie Tomai wrote in, and you said Burns before, so. This this brought it to mind. Jackie Tomoya wrote in, can you guys clear up why Paul was even in the story? Um, this episode really gave us very little anything with Paul other than he was the best of us. He was the best. He was better than we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, he gets a highway. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So he gets to ride forever. Um, but what was, what was Paul's, why was Paul here? Why, why did Paul exist in the story? No one, no one has. An That's a great question, but uh, I'm going to go with back what I said before. You know, we never, I never got enough to care about Paul, and unfortunately, there was nothing in the finale to make me even care more. So, unfortunately, I feel like we we got very little. Yeah, uh, there's a great piece from um, from Margaret Lyons at Vulture at New York Magazine's Vulture. That's uh, the winners and losers of True Detective season two. Okay, uh, and one of the losers is Taylor Kitsch, and this is why. This is what she writes: Tim Riggins is what brought Taylor Kitsch in our, into our hearts. So let his pillars guide us. Kitsch needs more roles that include warmth, humor, depth, and an edge of naughtiness. Ice cold, closeted war criminal with a death wish and a motorcycle. Oof. Yeah, that's the that's the summary of Taylor Kitsch's involvement here in True Detective season two. I am a Taylor Kitsch fan. I think that that guy has a lot to offer. I, I think too. that uh, I think that there's been a, I think that there's been stuff post Friday Night Lights that he's been really great. And I think that John Carter is an unfairly maligned movie. I think that he's really good in it. And I think it's a really fun movie and nobody saw it. And that's fine. It is what it is. I think that he's had oh, a really bad it. string. I think he's had a bad string of luck in terms of roles that he's chosen in projects he's been involved in. And it hasn't worked out. I still don't think it's Taylor 
Taylor Kitsch's problem. I think that this comment about the Tim Riggins aspect really does summarize a lot of the problems that was with the Paul Woodrow character. You know, I don't think that warmth and humor and an edge of naughty, naughtiness would have necessarily healed the fact that he didn't have too much to do with this story, and you could probably cut him out and the whole show would be a little more simplified. Um, but I do think that that is pretty spot on in terms of why, as a character, maybe he doesn't really pop on the show this season. So, yeah. Yeah, I and I don't think it's his... I, I mean, it is... I think that's pretty spot on. I don't know. He didn't... He didn't really serve a purpose in the story. I think they, they, they sort yeah. of wanted him to... I mean, think about this. We had a great comment from AJ Mass on our on our post last week about people not accepting the truths about their character and about that theme uh, and about that being the theme of the show and how if you don't accept the truth of who you are, that can lead to your undoing. And that was certainly hammered home with what happened with Paul. Uh, he was so kind of desirous of putting, you know, that the kind of scandal that was going to be generated by those pictures behind him and that he literally walked into a situation that he knew was a situation. He knew he was walking into something. It didn't feel right, but he he did it anyway because he needed to protect himself and felt the need to hide from that very basic truth of who he was. Yeah. So that's true, but I don't know that we can really say that that was what the whole series was about or that, you know, I mean, I think that it, it, it was about that near the end, but I don't think that this finale necessarily hammered any of that home. Uh, I will say that I think the reason that Rachel McAdams didn't accompany Vince Vaughn and Ray on the OSIP thing is when you talk about accepting truths and who people are, that is a criminal act. And she's not a criminal. Like she's not, those people were not involved in the meta story of the police kind of being corrupt and all those things. Those were different people. And I'm not sure that she was at a place where she was willing to execute them. But she'll benefit from the money that comes from it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, did she? How much? Well, like, she she would have if Colin Farrell had made it back with that's the money. True. That's true. You know, I don't, and I don't know what she knew about all the aspects of that. So it's hard right. to say. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I, I feel like I uh, I don't know. I feel like you put her there. Uh, I just think that it's you, you. It doesn't automatically work. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Poor Rick Springfield. Oh, Built by Tony Chizani. Poor Mayor Chizani. <laughs> yeah, poor Mayor Chizani. Can you give a Mayor Chizani eulogy? Can something good come out of this? And can you please give us some final wise words as Mayor Chizani? Yes, please do. Oh my God, what is this? No, it was, we didn't ask for Chewbacca, though. That's pretty good. Oh, I know that was like him dying in the pool. He, <laughs> that was him oh, underwater, to... Josh. Come on. <laughs> okay. yeah. No, um, I don't know. The mayor, it's so sad. Did Tony kill him? Did my son push me over a balcony into a pool uh, that was not filled with alcohol like I requested. Yeah. This is uh, we got, I should never have confronted him about yeah. the problems that he was having. That's right. Yeah. I mean, no, so is I that, think so. is that what happened? Like he confronted Tony and that, so that was that put into motion by Frank, right? I have a problem with Tony Chizani. What? I have a problem that he was like such a big deal on the show, and I, he had like what one scene? Literally, like one scene where he was he was that's, a big part like early on, and then then he's nothing. I know that's a th that is a thing that True Detective did in season one as well in season two. So that's it's not true. a season two exclusive thing. Is like we have like this bit player who doesn't have anything to do with anything, and then suddenly has anything to do with everything. He's the yellow like, that king. Was, yeah, that was the yellow king thing. So Tony Chizani as well. We're seeing that it was the set photographer was one of the kids from the Diamond Heist, and he's the Birdman and all 
this stuff. And it's like every single little tiny person, it really does. You do have to track them because any one of them could be the proverbial bird man. Uh, that, that does get a little old. I didn't love that about Tony Chisani this season. Like after a while, cause the mayor Chisani, like the actual, you know, the, the guy who was in power, he was such a, that was a great performance. It was a, it was a memorable turn. That's a character that you really remember. And then every time that they would say Tony Chisani, I would just think of his dad. Yeah. I wouldn't think of the, I wouldn't think the kid at all. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, whatever, whatever. So the, he, so Frank set that into motion though, when yeah. he told Chisani at the bar in the previous episode, like your son's coming after you. Yeah. Yeah. Be smart enough to dodge the bullet. And, to the surprise of probably nobody, he was not. He was too enough. drunk. Mm-hmm. He was too drunk. Too I drunk to, to. I'm not going to dodge anything except yeah. for maybe my bar tab. Uh, except my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the binge versus weekly because True Detective season one was a show that I binged almost completely. I think that I've said before. I had uh, the final episode. I was watching live, and I had uh, seen everything else in one cluster, and I really enjoyed that. And I had wondered what the difference between the binge versus weekly might be as I'm now watching True Detective season two weekly. I wonder if I would have liked it more if I had just been able to sit down and watch the whole thing or if it would have just been way too much dread for one shot. Do you have, do you, do either of you guys have any feelings on how this will hold up for people who watch this as a binge for the very first time? I, I have some thoughts about this. I think this actually serves better watching it weekly. And I'll tell you why, because the story was so darn complicated and so confusing where there are so many elements and so many layers that we had to try to figure out that what was beneficial about it watching it weekly is it gave me an entire week to kind of do enough reading and investigating on my own to figure out what the hell is going on. And I'm watching. So I think if I was been watching it, it would be a little more difficult. I'd have to like stop myself and go, okay, episodes one's over. Let me see what I can figure out on the internet. What's going on here? Because it, it almost was required. I felt like at some points to watch it. And I, I, I strike myself as someone who does very well when it comes to keeping up with plot lines. But this one sometimes got so crazy. I had to stop and like look things up because I couldn't remember who was who and what was what. What do you think about it, Antonio? Do you think this is better served as a binge watching show? I think if you binge watch this show, it's just going to be like playing some wayfish, like heroin music, like this is my new favorite life over and over again, mm-hmm. uninterrupted for like, you know, 10 hours. Like that's the voice that's of an will, angel. That's what will happen. He does. All of that will play right in a row. And you'll just be like this weird, like strung out, like a singer, Greek chorus, manic pixie dream chorus that's happening is all I really remember. It's going to uh-huh. be like a, like an opium dream. Like it's just going to like be that it existed and, and it, it's just over. Like I, I agree. I understand what you're saying, Jeremiah. And I agree. Like part of this show that that certainly it feeds it feeds the people who want to have something to talk about from week to week. But I got to think that if you did binge watch it, you would probably remember Tony Chisani's face. You would remember the set photographer. You would remember the assistant, Casper's assistant. You would True. remember who Stan was. Although no, you know what? You wouldn't remember who Stan was. <laughs> but you would remember the rest of it. I think a little better if you binged it. And what would you, what would you lose out on? You'd lose out on a lot of the speculation, which frankly ultimately didn't matter. Wow. Well, that's true. That's very true. What did you think of the reveal being it, it truly was the Diamond Kids or the Casper Killer, Antonio? I mean, we, we called that shot last week. I think most of uh, most of the people out there were starting to piece that together. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that's. I don't think anybody should have been too surprised by that. And and it turns out that they're both Casper's kids as well. I, is it, is it, is, I thought I thought only one of them was. I thought only well, the daughter was. Well, doesn't doesn't uh, Holloway say to Ray like he didn't even want the 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 first one? Doesn't he say doesn't he say something like that that implies that uh, that his name's Len right? Len is the yeah. is the set photographer. Yeah. Doesn't he say something that implies that he's also one of Casper's kids? I don't know. I, I think that it's. Uh, you might be right. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out what was going on in that scene, except for Ray making a horrendously bad decision, putting that kid right behind them. Yeah, it was a bad call. Yeah, that was a really bad bit. call, exceedingly bad call. But the then I know that Ray Valcaro has hit. just been the greatest cop of all time, so it's wildly out of character. But I think we all agree that the sunglasses and cowboy hat was a was a good decision. Spectacular look. Yeah. Uh, not to out my wife or anything, but she turned to me during this episode and said, "You know, I never really found Colin Farrell that attractive." It's kind of hot here. Oh. I kind of agree. Ooh. Here we go. Wow. This is perfect from Alex Wilpon. DMK, ding, Mary, kill, mustachioed Ray. Stare down with Frank Ray or Cowboy Ray. Okay, wow. Um, I think I'm going to marry Cowboy Ray. Yeah. Because I get that forever. There you but go. But I do, I do want to try mustachioed Ray, so we'll do one night. And I, I'm out on the Frank and Ray thing. The stare down? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it was good. There's too much sadness in Ray at, at, with the stare downs. Yeah. Too much yeah. You can kill the stare, yeah. stare down. I agree. And there's a lot of sadness with mustachioed Ray as well, so I would do that for a night. <laughs> Yeah, you ding that. That's I'd be into that for ding. a night, but yeah, you, forever. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I think. I, no, I'm I co-signing my wife on this one. I thought Colin Farrell was pretty attractive as well. So uh, mm. it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting on my side of the microphone. I mm. guess so. All yeah. right, all right. <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful train station. Beautiful Colin Farrell, and and I, I thought you know Jeremiah, you said. You like a good shootout. I thought it was a good shootout. Like that was pretty intense, man. Yeah. And it made sense that Rachel McAdams would show up. He Ray sure. kind of shunted her off to the side, but when she put that girl on the bus, she was she was ready to come back and she knew exactly where they were gonna be. So it made total sense that she showed up. She got to put a bullet in Burris and really kind of save Ray's life at that point. Uh so it was great that she did show up, but that scene was just a scene. It just it just happened. Holloway died, the kid died, that was it. No bigs. Yeah. Yeah. No it was like this quick ending to the Birdman thing. And it was just that whole thing was disappointing for me. Just the whole way the Birdman thing was handled. It's like I thought this was supposed to be such a big mystery, the whole thing. And by the end of the C series, you were like, eh, OK. Yeah, so I was surprised guy. I'd heard so much about Birdman. That did not seem like a best picture to me. No. no, it was it was fine. It was okay, but not was, best picture worthy. Not when it, not when it ends in the train station like that. No, I don't think so. Um, well, let's let's start closing out here, and I I wonder if the best way to close out is by not looking at what just happened, but looking ahead. True Detective season three, it's at least going to be a meme if it's not going to be an actual show. Uh, Antonio, is it going to happen? Are we going to get season three of True Detective, and should we? It seems to be up in the air. Uh, it's certainly nothing confirmed. I think HBO would want a season three of True Detective. I, even it, after this, I even do, after, I do even think after this reaction, you think? Yep, Michael I think Lambert, so. Lambert said he was he was he said that he's an all go if 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 Nick wants to. You see, the ratings were very good, uh, and people were watching the show. But now, uh, let's, now let's be fair: the ratings were good because season two or season one was so fantastic that everybody wanted to come back to see how it's going to be. But I'm hearing a lot of people say that 
I, in fact, I think we, we may have had a commenter on our on our page that said something about this about that they don't think that they'll come back for season three, which I think is kind of a, for me. I, I'm going to. I, I'm not going to say a mistake. I completely understand why somebody would not want to come back after seeing season two, but uh, you know everything is going to be different. So why not? see if maybe they can strike lightning ball like they did the first season well this is from this is from alex wilpon on on M post show recaps she said while the season had major flaws she never jumped on the hate on true detective season two bandwagon uh-huh. but ultimately alex was much more satisfied with the ending of season two than the ending of season one okay. do you guys feel more satisfied with season two than season one in terms of the ending no i didn't i liked season one didn't yeah uh and I know that I'm on, on a little bit of a lonely island on there. I, I like season there, one. Too. No, I am. And I know that I, there, I, and I, I, am. and I know I like that, yeah. And I know that there are a few people. I'm okay there. with it, but I, I did have, I did have, I will admit, I did have an issue. I thought that to me, the wounds that Russ suffered, I just, it seemed a little hokey yeah. that he survived, but otherwise, though, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with everybody. I'm not. I'm not the kind of guy who has to be so dark that every you know every ending has to be this sad ending. I mean, now that seems unlike the Jeremiah Panhorst I've come to know over the past eight. A weeks. dark illusionist. A dark illusionist. Illusions, Michael. Illusions. Uh, this is this is from um, <laughs> this is from Sean T. Collins who who writes about the show, who writes about True Detective on RollingStone.com. He's a great TV critic uh, from a bunch of other outlets as well, and this is what he wrote about the prospects of season. Season three, uh, Sean writes, true detective viewers will be understandably gun shy about a potential season three. The show's anthology model requires a full reboot every year. And that in turn necessitates a level of trust in the filmmakers alone, independent of continued attachment to characters or cast. It's difficult to see how that trust can be recaptured now, no matter how promising the setting or storyline or how intriguing the actors. They could announce tomorrow that True Detective Season 3 will star Tom Hardy, Tilda Swinton, and Taylor Swift and still be met with a shrug. If Pizza Lotto had enough faith in his talent to take on a creative partner to help focus it, and if HBO is willing to avoid the meandering of unnecessary hours by cutting the number of episodes to better suit the story that fills them, the true detective trust deficit could still be overcome. Until then, disappointment with the series' squandered opportunity, call it blue balls of the boob tube, will linger on. This is from a story that Sean wrote called What Went Wrong with True Detective Season 2. Um, how do you feel about that? I agree. I mean, I really uh, do. Like, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree 100% too, because I think unfortunately, and even if, if season three happens and it, and it winds up being spectacular, it's going to really suffer ratings wide, unfortunately, because I think this just, it was such a terrible second season that I'm afraid just not enough people are going to come back. Yeah, I think that the one part about uh, that that I disagree with is I think that they could announce tomorrow that True Detective Season 3 will star Tom Hardy, Tilda Swinton, and Taylor Swift, and I think I would get pretty amped up. I would. Oh, <laughs> Tom Hardy, for sure. Tom, Tilda Swinton, oh my yeah. God. Taylor Swift, I don't know. <laughs> well, it'd be just so weird that how could you say no? Yeah, t- Tilda Swinton, Tom Hardy, and Taylor Swift. You're right. That would be pretty crazy. Listen, again, I almost, man, as I, I almost dropped as the I, F-bomb when you said Tom Hardy. I mean, I, I love as, that guy. <laughs> as I've said a few times on here, you know me. I love myself a good train wreck, and that could be pretty fun. So that's i don't take these things too seriously it makes me sleep a little better at night uh that sounds like a fun party to me anything else to add about this or you guys want to start wrapping up here no i i tell you what though that i don't did you guys hear the missing part of the recording from ray to his son that didn't get uploaded no what did it say <laughs> was ray was going son if anything do me a favor don't ever watch Friends again. <laughs> oh, no. The Friends music is back on right now. How did that happen? Oh, no. 
How did it happen? Oh, that's pretty good. That was on the beat. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. remember. They actually made that. They up. were on a break. Yeah, yeah, they were on a break. Oh, uh, it's pretty good. You know who the uh, luckiest my- person is going to be out of this whole season is the guy who finds Frank's dead body out there in the desert. What a payday! Three point five million in diamonds. That guy is going to be one lucky guy, huh? That should be the start of uh, True Detective Season 3. <laughs> Taylor Swift is just like a desert-roaming badass who just finds these diamonds and gets herself into all this trouble with two true detectives played by Tilda Swinton in the Tom Party. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, I, I, is her name Furiosa in this? Yes. Series? Yeah, I got yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ta- Tayloriosa. Uh, speaking of what you just brought up, Jeremiah, my, my good buddy Lauren Barry on Twitter sent to me, if you could upload one voice memo to chadvelcoro at gmail.com, what would it be? <laughs> we should send some emails there. What would your voice memo be? Like, uh, I don't know. Um, oh God, what would it be? You got any good ones? Um, I would probably say, what up, Chad? I would probably say, like, Chad, listen, buddy. You're way too young to be acting like a 50-year-old man. Like, (laughs) stop being so persnickety. Stop, you know, just being so sad about everything. Embrace that Dungeons & Dragons. Embrace the role-playing games. Just don't, you know, you don't have to bring the badge with you. Like, people are going to think you're weird if you bring that badge around. Like, just find a hobby that that is a niche for you. This is the golden age of the nerd, Chad. Like, you should be celebrated. You should be the king of your school. Like, there's no reason for you not to embrace that. Right. And I think I would... Don't bring the nice tennis shoes to school. Yeah, no, keep those at home. Yeah, keep them at home. Yeah. Poor Chad. I would, I would upload to Chad something to the effect of, I never made it as a wise man. <laughs> I couldn't cut it as Pocoro stealing. <laughs> and I feel like that is the note to leave everybody out on is a little bit of Nickelback. Yeah. Nice. Right? How about that? What do you think, Antonio? Does that make you feel any better? I'm sending chadvelcoro at gmail.com uh, a recording of that right now. Do you think that chadvelcoro at gmail.com is like one of those things where if you call the number on the TV show, it's like the producer's phone number and you can ask them your questions? I don't know. I just, uh, a true detective season three, is it going to happen? Do, or, do we have a thumbs up or thumbs down? Do you think it's going to happen? Um, I don't know that it will actually. I'll, I'll be contrary and I'm going to say it's not. Jeremiah? I say it does happen and yes, I will watch it. Who was the true detective of the season, of the whole Annie, season? Annie? Annie? Annie Bezzarides. Every day of the week. I agree. Sure. I agree. I go with that. She survived. She survived. She thrived. And now she's just going to rock Venezuela. And if there was a second place candidate, it would be uh, Nails. She was not caught. She crossed the line. She crossed the line. Yeah. Yeah. She did it. Uh, all right. Well, let's. We've crossed several lines, I'm sure, as we've recorded this final True Detective podcast. If True Detective season three does come back, so will we. Until then, follow us on Twitter. Antonio, give them your Twitter handle. What's your name on Twitter? I am at J Panhorst. Okay. And Jeremiah, who are you on? Twitter? I am at AC Mazzaro. Is that yeah. is that two is that two R's and one Z? Yeah. Well, now you're just confusing. <laughs> Everybody, I'm at no AC Mazzaro, two Z's, one R. Jeremiah, you are I'm at J Panhorst, J P A N H O R S T. Jerry Potts and Panhorst. Yeah. Jerry Pat, yeah. yeah. 
And I'm at a Mike Bloom type, and you can tweet us everything that you thought about this episode. Let's give it the hashtag. Let's give it Alf Detective, and let's try. <laughs> let's try and let's try and lift Antonio's spirits if we can. Alf Detective, lift them into another galaxy. Lift them into another galaxy. Like, no spoilers me. about Alf, please. No spoilers about Alf. Let us know what you thought. Uh, and then until then, uh, that's it. Dial that's 10, all we got. Two twenty. That's the end. That's the end. All right, everybody. Take care. Bye. I was not caught across the land. I was not caught, though many tried. I live among you, well disguised.